You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journey here at UVic. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon. My name is Liz MacArthur, and I'm your host today. And joining me in the studio is Janet Sitt. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me here, Liz. (laughs) You are doing your Master's of Fine Arts in Music Composition? Yes. That's right. I've spoken to someone who is in the same program as you, but it's interesting to hear uh, what different people are doing in similar programs, I think. Um, Can you briefly explain um, what exactly your uh, Master's project looks like, your final project? Uh, Well, right now it looks like it's going to be an interactive performance uh, instead of an installation, which was my original plan. And I'm hoping that there will be stationary performers uh, in an art gallery space, so it's not in the school auditorium, which it normally is scheduled for. It's going to be in an art gallery that's long and rectangular in shape, and there will be four stationary performers with two singers that are moving. Mm. And also my hope is that I will learn the technical software in time to have four cam- four speakers and one camera set up that tracks the motion of the audience members that are going through. So it'll be interactive in a way that the audience will have an impact on what comes out of the speaker track, which is a separate little loop piece on top of the live performance piece. So that was my original plan, and it'll be interesting to see how it all turns out, because every time I bring an idea to my professor, he'll say, yes, yes, go and do it. So (laughs) it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds like a fascinating project. What do um, the stationary performers do? Are they going to be playing instruments or are they singing? Yes, there will be a flautist, a trumpet player, a cellist, and a harpist, and a tenor and a soprano. And they are, I think, situated in the corner so they don't interfere with the camera tracking with the audience members. And the whole idea of this project was based on how do whales respond to human-made noises in the environment. So all the all the musical param- parameters like notation and pitch and all the other kind of finer details in the piece are based on data that I've pulled out of the mm-hmm. science journals that revolve around how whales respond to military sonars and ship calls. So that's... That's the science part. So it's very different than any other music project that I've done before. Yeah. Uh, why Why did that interest you, though, whale, whales responding to human-made noises? Uh, that's always been something that I'm interested in. And it kind of, I have to explain the backstory of why I ended up in whales. And it's mm-hmm. because I have a background in zoology from the University of Toronto. So I did my Bachelor of Science in zoology first, and then I took four years off to work on and off. And then I came back to school for music. So science has never left me or I've never left science. And I've always had that in the back of my mind. And I remember one day I was towards the end of my zoology degree and I was sitting with my TA and we were looking at a lot of shrews at that time because that was what we were (laughs) studying. And he said, you know, Janet, you should write a symphony for shrews. And I thought it was hilarious at the time. And then, but I think it sparked something in my head. Hmm. So there is no symphony for shrews coming just yet, but maybe one day if I'm lucky, I'll, <laughs> I'll get to fulfill my promise and say, yes, I wrote the symphony for shrews. <laughs> Why did you um, come back for music rather than science? And you must have had a background in music to be able to come back at a fairly high level uh, in the university sphere. Oh, yes. I've always um, I've played piano since I was six. So music has been somewhere in there as part of my life. And I was in science because at the time I was 
uh, I had this notion that I was going to go and try to save the world, and <laughs> uh, and I was thinking that I would go into science and consider going to medical school. And then I failed my organic chemistry exam, and then I thought, oh, I need to re-examine what I want to do. And so I was looking at the other courses available, and zoology was one of the programs that did not require organic chemistry. And then looking in hindsight, I think that was one of the best decisions I've made because <laughs> I've met so many interesting people and learned so many interesting things that have taken me in new directions. And it's interesting that even though I'm in music, it never left my mind. So I'm always trying to think of ways of how can I combine music and science. And in music undergrad, I didn't get the chance to do that because it was strictly to kind of build my foundations in theory and composition. Mm. But at the master's level, I've been very lucky to be at this university and have the opportunity to explore that and bring those two together. Mm. So in that way, I'm very, very happy to be here. <laughs> so you did a zoology undergraduate degree and then a music undergraduate degree, and now you're music master's in music, is yes. that right? So there were two separate degrees, and I worked on and off uh, in between the two degrees. And I think it was during that time that I had to do a lot of soul searching and thinking about what I want to do with my life and I was working in various administrative jobs and they were fulfilling in different ways but I always felt like there was something missing at the end of the day and I didn't feel that I was going to be happy doing that for a long time hmm. and so it was it was a difficult decision to kind of think about leaving my full-time job to go back to school but it ended up that I think that was also another really good decision I made for myself. Mm -hmm. And did you do your undergraduate in music at UVic? No, I did it also at the University of Toronto. Mm -hmm. So what brought you to the West Coast then? Uh, my thesis advisor brought me to the West Coast. I mm -hmm. met another student at U of Toronto, and she was a student of Christopher Butterfield, who David Foley also studies with. Mm -hmm. And so she was talking about Christopher and University of Victoria and how it would be a really good place for me to go and explore something that combines science and music. And so I applied to several schools and I decided that I would take that leap and move to the other side of the country to a completely new city uh, just to see what it'd be like and see what happens when I come out here and try to do something that's completely out of my comfort zone. And so how far along are you in the program now? Are you, it's uh, I'm in the same place as my classmate David Foley, and I'm also finishing up or trying to write my music thesis. Which will, which will be done in the spring? Yes, so it's already been set, the, the Deluge Art Gallery, on March 30th. So mm. that date's been set, and now I have to finish writing my piece and get my performance together and start rehearsal in the spring semester. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you said it's like nothing you've ever written before. So in the master's composition, I guess, have you been doing a lot of composing pieces or is it all sort of working towards this one project? Uh, depending on which course you take, it takes you in different compositional projects. So we do have seminar classes where we're composing for uh, specific ensembles. And then there's I, this semester took a course uh, in music and protest and I wrote a uh, pop song, which is completely out of my comfort zone again, because I'm not used to writing in a pop song style. I've never written one before. So it depends mm. on where the courses take you, but it also depends on your own interest and what your time allows. And so uh, it's a really great place to be because you'll meet different performers that will inspire you and you will talk to different people on campus that will inspire you and you'll get new ideas from there. So it's a really, it's like a, 
idea incubator kind of when I'm going into school because I never know who I'm going to talk to and what ideas will come out of our conversations. Hmm. Um, now, you said that writing the pop song was completely different than anything you've done before. So are you writing like modern classical music? Uh, I'm not really sure what style I'm writing. I'm just hmm. every piece I'm trying to do something a little different. So for the thesis piece, it's the ensemble is larger than any other piece I've written before. And I'm trying new ways of notating the music and things that I have not done before. Whereas in previous pieces, everything was written uh, on staff paper with score with the very uh, traditional kind of way of notating music. So this, mm -hmm. I'm just trying something a little bit new. And I tested this out last year in another seminar course. So it's very exciting that every project that you have, you never quite know where you might end up. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference in the, the musical notation in this piece? Uh, in this case, I'm experimenting with, instead of having, let's say, uh, a specific time signature that you would normally see in a music score that I'm just using seconds and trying to notate how many seconds for this particular uh, excerpt of the piece. And this is not anything new. It's just something new for me that I haven't mm. done before. Mm. But many composers before me have done this already. Getting ready for your project, have you, so you've got the gallery ready and you have, you've the, do you have the people that will make up your ensemble already? I have most of my ensemble put together. I'm still looking for a soprano at this moment, but um, I do have the other, the rest of the five performers lined up, and it's just also up to me to figure out the learn to learn the technical software so I can put that together. But I have some really amazing classmates that are helping me out figure this, and it's such a good place to be because otherwise I would be so lost and overwhelmed <laughs> by the amount of work I have to do. Yes, what is what is the technical software that you have to learn? This has to do with the videos that will be tracking people. Uh, yes, it has to do with the camera that is tracking mm -hmm. the audience members, um, and there will be four speakers. So I do have to uh, learn how to use the Max MSP software to create the program that will take the stream of data that comes from the camera and interpret that and kind of put it back out into the four speakers. But I'm very, very lucky because someone that's in the music program put me in touch with someone that works on this kind of software. and. She's been very, very kind to lend me the camera and the specific software to use the camera that will then plug into my patch that I write for app Max MSP. Hmm. So the the people that are wandering around the gallery listening, their movements gets uh, translated to video and then to sound and is played back while your composition is being played. Is that right? So the idea is that there will be no video, but there is um, video in terms of the camera tracks oh, the, yeah. mm. the audience members, and then that will kind of turn into a coordinate. So I'll give a, it will be spitting out a bunch of numbers as the audience member move past the vision of the camera. Mm -hmm. And then that will kind of go into the software that I built up, and then that will somehow take the one stream of data and split it into four. So the idea is that I will write a separate three to four minute loop piece and then that will somehow change over time as the piece goes on. So every time the loop comes back, depending on how the audience members kind of interact with the space, it will change the piece again and again over the time, over the duration of the hmm. piece. Do you like working with technology like this when you're composing? Have you, have you done it before? No, I'm sorry to say I have not done it before in my undergrad or graduate yet, but I think this is a time that I can experiment and try out different things and not be afraid because 
the worst that can happen is that I learn a lot of things, and that's、mm-hmm. the worst. And so in that way, it's so exciting to be trying really new and strange things and to do things I have never done before. <laughs> and it's a very supportive environment here at school to、mm-hmm. do this.、Um, It seems like your your piece is quite experimental. Do you try and push boundaries when you're doing stuff, or do you try and just challenge yourself each time? Is there a particular way that you like to write? I think the main focus now is for me to just challenge myself. Whether I end up pushing boundaries, I'm not、um, as focused on that. I just need to keep on pushing myself out of my comfort zone because I know that if I stay there too long, I'll just kind of start writing things that are similar in some ways. And so every time I Go to like my sketchbook. I try to think of things that are new or things that I can try to do each time. But sometimes I'll sit there for three hours and I'll write very little, and then other days I'll sit there for less than three hours and write more than I expect. So it's、mm-hmm. I never know what to expect, but it's always exciting to experiment. And sometimes I've gone back to the sketches that I'm writing for my thesis now and just rewrote sections just to see what would happen without thinking that I have to put it in the piece or not put it in the piece. So. It takes a lot of time, but it's very satisfying in a way.、Mm-hmm. Um, what will happen next for you once you're done、um, your masters at UVic? Do you know it yet? Even <laughs> I'm sitting here in silence. What do I say? <laughs> I hope to graduate and then probably take a year off to work and reapply, or not reapply. Sorry, apply to my doctorate program. I have some ideas of where I would like to go, and because I'm. Trying to bring science and music together, I want to go to a school that has a very strong marine biology program.、Mm. So, some place like UC San Diego would be fantastic, and they also have a very strong composition program. So, somewhere that I can continue my research and hopefully do some、uh, research in the science part, and maybe be part of a team that goes out in the field to collect data. That would be really, really、mm-hmm. exciting and just kind of. Do both things, but as part of a composition program, hopefully. Why is it so important to you to combine music and science? It's interest is an interesting concept.、Um, there has been a small but growing community of people that deal with topics of science and music.、Um, they are kind of known as the zoomusicologists, and it's a very new term, and it's supposed to bring zoology and musicology together. And I was very fortunate to be put in touch with Emily Doolittle, who is a zoomusicologist based out of Seattle, and she does her work on bird songs and music. And I don't know if that's what she's doing right now, but that was what she was doing before. And I was able to talk to her,、uh, I think, in April, and it kind of helped open my mind to kind of the possibilities of what I can do with combining science and music. And I think it's because I. Love zoology, but zoology kind of like got stuck in my brain, and I can never quite let it go. So I want to try to combine them both, and I think there is, I hope that there is some sort of application I can use it for in terms of education and outreach, and kind of maybe using music to reach to other people and talk about issues that revolve around human-made noises in the ocean and whales and conservation and that kind of. Area. I'm very interested in the, I guess, conservation or the programs that are being put in place to kind of look at and perhaps try to mitigate the effects of noise on marine animals. And I think the zoology part is just always going to be there. So,、mm-hmm. um, 
You talked about going into organic or into uh, zoology because of the the failed organic chemistry exam, <laughs> but then you switched to music. Was it just because you 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 were working in your field and just and didn't feel fulfilled, or was there something else that made you go into music? I think music was always there, but I ended up going to music or back to music because I was working and I was thinking like, what do I really want to do with my life and what kind of things do I want to be doing? And I think. If I had listened to myself earlier, that music was always there, because I would not feel the same if I didn't practice piano every day mm. back then, and I would just feel like there was something missing. And I only felt whole again when I was sitting at the piano or I was doing something music related. And I had quit my job of ten months, and I put together all my all my earnings and savings, and I took off on a Supposedly, soul-searching trip to Vienna. So I wanted to go as far away as I could from home, just to just be by myself and think. And I was wandering around Vienna for the better part of two weeks, <laughs> trying to think about what I wanted to do. But it was interesting because Vienna is just city of music and musicians and composers, and I feel like music's pouring out of the walls and out of like the streets. And I think it was that time that I was. I think a lot of things were kind of come together in my head and kind of point me into that direction. So I came back from that trip and、uh, I started signing up for lessons to kind of finish my theory exams. And I looked for a teacher to kind of start preparing for composition. And I don't, I don't know if that would have happened if I didn't end up taking the four years off and working on and off and、mm. looked at what I really wanted to do.、Mm-hmm. Is that was it an unconscious decision to go to Vienna, or did you go to Vienna because of that music, rich musical history? I definitely did go to Vienna for the rich musical history, and also the piano teacher that I had at the time said that I must must go to Vienna if I went to nowhere else for a trip. That I had to go there and、um, just experience what it was like. And I think it was probably another one of those really good decisions that I made, but I didn't know it at the time.、Mm-hmm. Were you involved in any of the music community there while you were visiting?、Uh, no, I just wanted to basically get lost in the city and walk around、mm-hmm. for two weeks just to clear my mind from everything that was happening at home and up to that point, and working a full time job. <laughs> <laughs>、um, now you are living out here on the west coast. Has that changed、um, your? Where, I mean, where you are drawing for your creative?、Um, Stuff or or is it still the same stuff that you're interested in? I guess for us on the west coast, hearing about using whale data for music is maybe not such a big stretch because whales are sort of part of being on the west coast here. Much more prevalent than being in Toronto, for sure. <laughs>、um, I think it's just being out here has kind of and having that distance from Toronto just kind of let me kind of. Breathe a little bit more in terms of what I want to do, and having time to think about what I want to do. And I love walking by Dallas Road and just hearing the sound of the water,、mm-hmm. <laughs> or walking by the many little beaches that we have here. That just we don't have the same kind of scenery in Toronto. Are you?、Um, you sound very focused when you're talking about the kind of compositions you're doing.、Um, did you? Did that change for you、uh, over the course of, I guess, your undergraduate and now your masters?、Um, or did you sort of know that you always wanted to combine science and music? I think it was like way, way stuck in the back of my head. But during my undergrad, I was just very focused on building the foundations for composing. So I had taken a lot of courses in counterpoint and in theory. 
um, just it was building a very solid foundation so that I can go from that point on and kind of explore what I want to do because in undergrad I didn't really have as much time as I would have liked to explore because it just it was so there were so many courses to take and so many courses I wanted to take mm-hmm. and it was always composition for you were you ever tempted to go the performance route uh I think I had the idea in my head when I was younger to go into performance but I was told by my piano teacher at the time that that might not be something that I really wanted to do because I would be very focused on performance and practicing piano which is fantastic in and on itself but that it might not he felt that it might not be enough for me to just be focusing on that that I might benefit from taking more history courses or taking more composing courses I think mm. my piano teacher at the time knew me a lot better than I did yeah <laughs> it sounds like it if he recognized it at such an early um part of your musical career I guess definitely I think he yeah he still probably knows me better than I do myself <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny to have that those relationships with musical or with teachers you know who sort of know which direction to point you even when you don't know it does it surprise you that it took you a long time to sort of come back to that point that maybe he was pointing you in any ways I don't know if I was surprised I just think it's all very interesting and kind of funny in a way now now that I look back at the circuitous route that I took to get here but I think all of the experiences that I have has really helped me kind of get to where I am and if I didn't if I didn't work at my full-time job if I didn't go to zoology then maybe I would never end up being here so in a way it's I'm very happy that despite the circular route that I've taken that I am here where I am right now and doing what I really really enjoy doing Hmm. what was the job that you were working at in between degrees oh I had a number of different different jobs I was working um as an office administrator at an animal control company I guess it's the company that kind of you call when you have raccoons in your house so I worked there for a little bit um I also worked at the PhD defense um kind of office so it's the office where when you do your PhD oral examination, I'm the person that pulls together all the pieces of information that you need to set up the exam. And I organize the exams that are taking place on campus. This is at the University of Toronto, so I worked there for a couple of months. And so it was very interesting to see all these doctorate candidates go in and come out. And they look so much more relieved when they come out than when they went in. And I think that was a, a that gives me a glimpse of what I might be looking at down the line for myself when I'm applying for my doctorate and I would definitely like to have the <laughs> chance to do that even though it looks very scary on the outside when I see the people going in they look really nervous <laughs> and then I also had um, uh, a job at the LCBO working in the financial planning and development department so this is the liquor control board of Ontario mm-hmm. and I was working as an administrative assistant there and it was such a wonderful place to work in because you meet all these people from a very different background from neither science or music and then you get to see a completely different side of working in an office because it's not a university anymore and it's a big big organization and it was just uh it was another wonderful experience to work there sounds like good positive experiences at the jobs you were doing you were oh definitely and i had some really amazing supervisors and bosses that I mean they inspire me with what they do and I still keep in touch with some of them to this day Hmm. um you were talking about the 
sort of small but growing community of people who are interested in combining science and music. You mentioned one person um, that you know of. Are you? Do you talk to anybody else that's in that field? Is that something that comes up at all, or do you think you you would in the future, or do you count yourself as one of those in that, one of that group? Um, I aspire to be one of those people in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a website out there for zoomusicologists, um, and there are articles around. And I think there was one conference. I'm not sure what year it was. There was one conference organized for a zoomusicologist, and so that's definitely something that I would like to explore because the people there are also involved in music and science in different ways. So some people are looking at birds and some people are looking, um, I can't remember now, uh, I think there were just, I think it was whales, but I'm not sure, I have, to, I have to check. But they were looking at different animal species and music and how they can kind of bring that together in their own composition. And it's such a wide, diverse group of people and it just would be so lovely to actually go to one of these conferences and meet more of them in person. And I have been in contact with a few of them as I was thinking about this thesis project last year. Hmm. What are some of the other ways that they're combining science and music? You're taking data and translating that into music. What are other um, Some of the other people are actually going out there to collect the data themselves. Hmm. So they're going to the field and collecting bird songs and analyzing it through different kinds of software. Um, I'm not clear on the exact work that they're doing, but I know that it is in that area. And some, I think some people are looking at data that are already collected, but I would love to be part of that group where I'm actually out there as part of some sort of field team collecting the information. I mean, it's a lot easier to manage when you're going out in the field and you're looking at bird songs, I imagine, I don't know, than it would be to try to find yourself on a research vessel vessel to go out into the ocean and look at whales because I just, I'm not sure what kind of qualifications I would need on the science side to mm. get myself in that place, but I would love to go explore that some more. Um, and actually, I should have asked this question earlier, but how exactly are you translating the data into music? That is a very, very good question <laughs> and something I have to address when I write my written thesis. Um, I'm looking at the numbers that are being pulled out, and in some cases, I'm just looking at the, the numerical data and translating them into frequency and then that comes out as some sort of pitch sound or they'll give me a number um, let's say it'll be like a plus minus 53 cents so I'm looking at translating directly numbers into a frequency and then sometimes I'm looking at the shape of the graph mm-hmm. and trying to use that shape to inform my decisions on how to structure let's say rhythm or the contour of the melody and then some in other cases, uh, I might be looking at the topography. So in the case of how the singers are moving through the space, I'm looking at some of the maps that are documenting the location where they did this kind of testing on the whales. So they would kind of um, put, they have these permanent arrays of monitoring devices that can kind of figure out when the whales are passing by. And so... I'm looking at how they set up the array and the map that they put the the hydrophones in the array and maybe looking at having the singers kind of walk in a similar fashion as the shape of the map or the shape of the arrays. Hmm. So I'm trying to use all different kinds of images and numbers that I see out of the journal and putting that in to the composition process and seeing what happens. Because sometimes interesting things might happen and sometimes really uninteresting things might happen, but hmm. all part of that really 
exploratory process I'm trying to do right now. Um, and for your performers, do they have to, you mentioned a different style of notation for yourself that you're writing this um, piece in. Do they have to come to the table with uh, understanding how to interpret what you're presenting them, or is this something that will not be difficult for them to, I guess, read the music that you're writing? I hope that it will not be difficult, but I expect a lot of questions and probably suggestions on how to notate it better because mm. the reason why I put it under a different notation for myself is that I felt that some of the gestures needed time to breathe more organically instead of me putting a time precisely when they must stop and when it must start. Mm. So I'm very open to kind of working with the performers and seeing what they have to say and to to bring that music to life because I have a very specific kind of sound or an idea in my head, but my notation skills are probably not as good <laughs> as I need them to be to express that on the paper. So I think it, it will be definitely collaborative in some sense to try to have the performers kind of understand what I want to do and definitely hear their input on how to make it better. <laughs> and what um, do you hope the audience takes from this? Do you want them to, will they be aware when they're at the space that this is data about whales or will they just be seeing a sort of a piece of music? I hope to give them a short talk just to let them know that it is about whales and the fact that they're moving through the space and there's a camera so that they're not wandering around thinking why are there cameras and speakers pointed at them. Mm -hmm. So definitely some sort of explanation and I'll have to address that also in my written thesis. But I do want them to kind of have that idea in their head that this piece is about whales and the impact that human activities may have on whales. I'm saying this now in December but it might change mm -hmm. by the time the concert performance comes in March. <laughs> um, the, this idea is scientific and musical, but also it's a little bit political. Um, are you thinking about that as you're writing it, about the you know human interaction with whales? Because there are people out here that have very you know strong opinions on, um, on that Definitely. interaction. Um, no, not, not really political. That wasn't part of my idea to put it in there, but I just, I think I'm writing it out of a really deep concern for the whales and the impact that just I mean not just noise on whales just noise in the ocean in general and what impact it might have on the creatures that live there or the plants that live there and in turn how might that inf impact us because maybe somewhere down the line the things that we do uh, with the whales or in the ocean in general might have an impact on us and I think in some ways we see that already but it's not to force people to think about it it's just to put the idea there and if they want to think about it then they can think about it, and then if not, they can just walk away from it and having an experience, a piece of music, and I would be very happy with that. Mm. Um, uh, we're out of time now. I want to thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you very much for having me here. And uh, and when is your performance again for people who yeah, might be interested? It is uh, set for Sunday, March 30th at the Deluge Art Gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, all day or a certain point? I think it'll be in the evening. I'm not exactly sure, but there will definitely be flyers around campus, and it'll also probably be on the U of Vic music website. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.